different when you graduate from college, but being an adult, as challenging as it is and as exhausting as it is, like does have its perk. And it definitely is fun. I think too, work-life balance is really big, I've learned. And so, you know, if, if you're in a place where you feel like you're really not getting that, don't miss out, you know, on your life just for work. I promise there's more. I think in terms of paralysis and trying to figure out what to do, my strategy in college was to do everything. I think you're still able to ask people questions. People are so open to talking to students. It's just different. And so I would say raise your hand, ask questions. If someone's doing something you find interesting, like ask them to, you know, shadow more or, or understand more or whatever it may be. Because people love to talk about what they do in themselves and, you know, to, to feel like they're kind of helping people forge their own path forward. Welcome to the UNI podcast, a space where we share stories to uplift while reflecting and working on ourselves. My name is Ozi. And I'm Kara. And here we engage in conversations centering on sisterhood, wellness, spirituality, and more. Join us each week as we learn and grow together. Well, Kira, we wanted to bring you on to speak with us and our listeners after exploring your work on wellness, travel, and fitness. We see that you're doing amazing things, traveling and exploring while running your business and making healthy choices for yourself and your body. And we'd love for you to share your wisdom with our listeners. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one. We actually were trying to get it for season two, but I guess things just didn't add up. Like, I don't know, maybe God wasn't having it that way. So I'm super excited that, you know, we're talking now um, and it's happening. It's, it came into fruition. I want to talk a little bit more about your current life. I noticed that you went to Arizona and I was kind of doing research as you would do for questions. And I noticed how much history and like background is behind Arizona that I never thought would be possible when you think about Arizona. I don't think about, you know, Black history. So how was your trip to Arizona? Why did you feel it was important to take that trip? And most of all, what did you learn from that trip? I learned so much. I think to background and give everyone context or to back up and give everyone context, the trip to Arizona really started because I wanted to explore Black history as American history somewhere where it's not usually found or at least not usually thought of, right? So when we think about Black history, we think about the South or even the Northeast because it's a bit older and no one had really thought of Arizona, but there's definitely so much going on. I think it was just wonderful for me to start digging into it. And I had been doing research for months before I went. So it was nice to finally see some of the sites that I had looked up and, and to really be able to share that in a more accessible way. So I went for a week um, and I did a lot of digging in the first half into the history. You know, I looked at all the different places in East Lake Park area neighborhood where there were a lot of civil rights leaders that had spoken or, you know, just the neighborhood in general and what had happened over the past few years. And so I think, or sorry, like the past few decades. And then I also talked a lot about Black-owned businesses and what happens in the modern day. For me, it was great. Um, to be able to talk about both. So Black history is being made today, right now, as we're speaking. And um, it was wonderful as well, because there were so many murals and, and pieces of art as well that were talking about the history that had just been done. So I think really went along with the project. Um, I had a lot of fun. I moved to Chicago in January, so it was nice to get out. Um, but it was definitely busy and then trying to kind of like transcribe it all it took some time, but it was well worth it. And I'm, I'm really glad I was able to go. I learned a lot about Arizona history, Arizona businesses. I was able to meet with a couple of incredible people while I was there as well, which was great. That was a really good point. The idea that while it's important to look at our history and look at what's been already done in this space that we are in, we are currently making history as well. And it's it seems weird because we're kind of living that. We're living our lives, so we're not really thinking about the impact it has on the future. So that's a really good point. 
with that, can you tell us a little bit more about your story and what has led you to where you are now? Of course. I think it's always tough to know where to begin, but I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I had just recently moved to Chicago, as I was saying, but I have a background in tech and travel um, and in hospitality. And I think as I was working a really tough job some years ago, you know, I really realized how important wellness and fitness are to me. So um, I really delved into what that looks like. And then, of course, you know, there aren't as many Black women in fitness. At least there weren't in New York at the time. So really kind of was the only one and found after a little while that I wanted to be the only one anymore and figure out how to bring more diversity and inclusion to the space. I think travel has always been a way in which I've sought wellness. So for me, being able to go somewhere new, experience something new, delve into the culture, even if it is just a different part of the U.S., has been really, really important. So being able to meld those two things together, I think, has been a huge part of the journey. But that's a little bit more kind of about me, I think, in terms of where I'm at. It's just continuing to evolve and change with the times. 2020 was a wild year, but, you know, it brought a lot of of new challenges and new triumphs and just new experiences for me which I'm grateful for yeah that's a really good point and it kind of segues into like my next question especially with 2020 and how you said your goal was to deepen the bonds with people you know enjoy experiences and truly find your voice and especially with COVID I feel like that was that would have been a really hard goal to attain so do you feel you accomplished that goal or are you still in progress or how are you feeling about that goal that you set for yourself Yeah, I think 2020 was definitely the year that I found my voice. I didn't envision it happening quite like it did. I had no idea how I would find it or when I would find it. But I think being able to truly speak authentically about my experience, you know, to my audience and then to the larger group of people in America who were finally listening was quite powerful. And it's something that I haven't let go of. So I'm still speaking up, you know, I'm still learning and and still using my voice and my platform to create change. So I think that goal I definitely was like really proud of being able to accomplish. Although again, I think with all that happened in 2020, I learned it wasn't going to happen the way I thought it would. And then in terms of the other goals, I think I was able to deepen some bonds, but 2020 really taught me at least what was important. And it taught me a lot about, you know, what happens when the world stops and you no longer have all these distractions. So my family connections became really important. And maybe I didn't see my my parents as much as I once did, but I did, you know, work with them via FaceTime and I was able to, you know, text them and, and all those things, maybe more than I would have on a normal, a normal day. So I think to that degree, I did get creative with how I deepened bonds. I think, you know, in other areas of my life too, some of my most crucial bonds definitely changed. And so I think to to that degree, you know, I did the best I could. It didn't look like I thought it would look. I thought there'd be more trips and like more going places with my friends. But I think the connections were still there. Um, And then I think, you know, there were tons of other ways in which I grew and continued to push wellness forward from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. I think overall, I would say, you know, I kind of met the goal, but I definitely didn't get there in the way that I thought I would. With that, we kind of want to dive more into Made by West. So I kind of want to know what motivated you to start Made by West, your jewelry brand. Yeah, so my jewelry brand made by K-West was started in 2020, and a lot of it just came from the fact that I couldn't find elegant, purposeful pieces that I could actually work out in. So a part of why I never really uh, or worked out with jewelry was because I didn't feel like I could find anything that would really stand up to what I was doing. So I'm sweating every day, I'm running, I'm you know doing hit classes, I'm doing yoga, and I wanted pieces that were dynamic. A lot of it just came from my need. I think also a part of it was that again, you know, 2020 didn't quite look how I imagined. I did have a chance to stop and really think about what's important. How do I want to grow? And I was trying to bring some sort of product to market. I just had no idea necessarily what it would look like. And this truly filled a need for me. I think um, it's also a very interesting space. And there's, you know, so much to be done. 
but it's also just very antiquated in a lot of ways. So I think I found it challenging yet interesting. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of where it came from. And then from the impact perspective, I have a background in volunteer and social entrepreneurship. So for me, it was really important that if I was going to launch a business, it was going to make an impact. And so I was glad to be able to work with two wonderful organizations on the collections I have live so that a portion of each piece gives back um, since impact is really how I define success. And I think, you know, each way I give back is really linked to something that makes a lot of sense for that collection. So the world's collection gives back to Girls Going Global, which helps young women of color to gain access to passports and cultural immersion experiences, both domestic and abroad, right? So not necessarily that they're going somewhere immediately, but it's an expense. And so trying to kind of lessen that um, and pave the way is, is really what my goals were. I'm super interested in the jewelry line, it's especially with the age of social media, it's just become a really interesting um, industry. But I also love the idea that you're, it's become a passion project where you're able to obviously make money and things like that. You're also able to impact people and not just make money, but also find a way, however it is possible to make change, which I love. But you talked about you moving recently, and especially as we said with COVID, just life in general, what has allowed you to stay grounded and, you know, keep prioritizing K-West and you are doing a project and just that idea of staying grounded no matter what happens and achieving your goals. Yeah, I think it's definitely tough and there's not always an easy solution, especially when something as critical as your home environment changes. I was chatting with someone a few days ago who said the level of trauma of moving is like pretty high on the grand scheme of things. And it's a tough experience, I think. For me, it's definitely been really hard. Moving in general is challenging and then moving during current times just has extra layers on top. For me, I'm finally starting to feel like I'm settled. We finally have like things together mostly, which is really nice. But I also moved in with my partner. So you know, we're kind of collaborating together on creating a space that works well for us both. We're both working from home. So it's been quite busy, I think, in terms of staying grounded. I did a 5 a.m. challenge in January, probably at like the craziest time to do something like that, because I started right as I knew I was moving like the next week. But I started getting up earlier at that point. I think I was doing like six or seven. Now I'm at 530 or five o'clock. And I was cultivating a routine that was really about giving back to myself, catching up or getting ahead. Um, And I think that's been a really crucial way of staying grounded. So I'm an introvert. And for me, spending time with myself is really important. I also have a lot of different responsibilities. And so it can be difficult to attend to tasks during the day when like, you know, I'm working on one thing and then something new comes in. So I think having that silent few hours or those few hours for me to get through things that I really want to get through has been important. And Alyssa is not running a challenge currently, but she does these like great month long challenges where you can really form the habit. And I think having something to do in the morning was really helpful for me. But I've never really been a morning person but that's been super important I think my workouts as well of course but those kind of take place in the morning which is nice okay I need I need to talk about this I am so passionate about morning routines and just the idea of setting yourself up for success in the morning so talk to us a bit more about what it was like cultivating that routine your tips on how we can wake up early and just the whole spiel Yeah, I think in terms of cultivating, it was a process. I was moving. So, you know, there were a lot of times where I'm like, you know, I have to give myself grace, which I think was an incredible lesson for me because if I'm going to commit to something, I like to do it 100% and stick to my plan. And it was just impossible. So I think I kind of learned that, you know, I don't have to do it every day or in the same way, but it's about taking that time for myself and leveraging a time when not a lot of people are awake. So I think for me, that's kind of what keeps me going is like, this is my time and I really want that. Um, And it's important for me, like you said, to start off the day on the right foot 
content and just to kind of go into it feeling prepared. Also on central time, because I'm now in Chicago, I'm like inherently an hour behind, which is not something that I'm used to. So I think for me, it's also about like setting myself up on the right schedule for the day. I think, you know, in terms of cultivating a morning routine, it really depends. For me, coffee is a huge part of what I love in my mornings, you know, really try to cultivate what do I have at home to create a great coffee experience. It doesn't have to be expensive. But for me, it was like, you know, I want mugs that are a little bit bigger. I want, you know, a hot and cold option. And I think that's been a huge piece of it. It's something I look forward to. And then we walk our dog in the morning. So it's also been nice to be like, okay, you know, this is our time. And this is something that like, you know, I'm responsible for doing that I don't have to rush. And so I think I've kind of planned out like what I'm doing in these sections of the morning. So it doesn't just feel like three open hours before I really sit down for work at eight. You know, I also really look at working out as me time. And it's tough when I work full time and then I switch off and I switch into doing by K-West. So any of my blogging work or made by K-West as I'm looking at any of my jewelry work to have time to do it at night. You know, what's really important is that I value the time, I prioritize it, and I also stopped going to bed at midnight. So now I'm like, you know what, I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock. That's the time I'm going to bed and I stop trying to force myself to do work. There's really not as much difference in getting something to someone at like 9 or 10 p.m. as there is to getting it to them at 5 or 6 a.m. when your brain is fresh and you can do it. So yeah, I think that that's a part of it. I do catch up on work sometimes in the morning, which is great because I'm, I'm super fresh, but I did block out the time, which I think was helpful. And then in terms of tricks, I would say definitely like set your alarm and leave it outside of your room. Um, so I haven't slept with my phone in my room since I lived in Manhattan, like pre-COVID. So I sleep with it in the kitchen. And so I have to get up to turn it off and you know I would hate to like wake my sleeping boyfriend so I try and be like pretty quick and good about it and then I think the other thing is going to bed early it's tough to get up if you're just like not rested and I am a little bit more lax on the weekends and then I think having some sort of routine things you look forward to things you love is really really important and I think early can look different for everyone so for me 5 or 5 30 is what's most helpful and like what works for me but depending on what all you have to do in the morning even six or seven I think you know you have to do what works for you what makes sense for you yeah i try and wake up early but i feel as if i fail as soon it's like 10 p.m and then i i, I want to read a book and so it's 11 and then before it's 11 it's 12 and then before you know it, i'm sleeping at like one and then it's just over by that point but you're definitely right about just making sure that you're sleeping early yeah I don't look at my phone too much in the evening like when I know it's bedtime I do have like the iPhone setting where it tells me 30 minutes before but also like again I try and like put my phone down because I feel like when I sit scrolling that's how the time passes or when I start a new task it's like I'll do it in the morning I write out my to-do list and that's been really helpful for me but it's definitely tough some days for sure. I love how you kind of talked about balancing all those aspects like your fitness your business and I just want to know how does Made by K West tie into your work? with travel, fitness, or is it something that's completely removed from those? I think it's definitely a combination of the two. So full-time I work in tech and travel, so kind of that travel aspect. I think a lot of what by West has become is very much so like wellness fitness focus. The travel happens, but I think, you know, right now we're in a time where it's just not as popular. And so I'm talking a lot more about the other ways that I find wellness in the interim. And then made by West, I would say is kind of a summary of the two. So I wear my necklace every day and I usually have my earrings in, but right now I'm trying on some different options before I get my second hole pierced. But it's a piece I wear every day and I like, you know, really think about 
how I'm connected to the world. I think this is a way that I stay grounded. And it's just a reminder that we're all a part of something bigger, I think, which is important. But a lot of the pieces are travel inspired. So the world collection has the world on it. Africa's coming soon. And then I'll continue to launch the continents thereafter. I think each one with a local impact and kind of with more insight into what that continent means for me and what it means for other travelers that are, are from there. And then I think from an earth collection standpoint, a mask chain was something I desperately needed when I was traveling last year in October. I had my mask on and off because you wear it into a restaurant, you have to take it off for meals, you need to put it on to go to the bathroom, you need to take it off, you know, to eat or drink. And so I think for me, it was like felt from that need while I was on the go. And so I think they're related. But in terms of how I try and manage my time and my brain space, I do have a planner that separates out tasks by like what they um, are in regards to just so that I can make sure that I'm staying organized. Because what I do from um, like a, a brand development standpoint for by K West is different from made by K West. Yeah, I gotta go cop that Africa necklace whenever it drops. Uh coming soon yes i can't wait i love nigeria i'm from nigeria so i I love to rep anywhere i can but yeah i want to talk a bit more about as you were talking about by k west you said that your brand is all about impact elegance and function especially when it comes to travel why specifically are those words the ones that you've centered your business around i feel like you know it has to be intentional that you would pick those certain words so talk a bit more about i guess maybe even more the process of creating your business and creating your other businesses as well and just the differences and nuances between them yeah i think to answer your first question around the words i really did my best to try and think about what really encapsulates the brand not just now but as it's growing so i think no matter what product we come out with it's going to be something that's overall elegant that she you know that's going to be probably a little bit more on the minimal end that can really go with kind of like a lot of different types of styles i think when it comes to the impact piece again it's so important for me to be making an impact and so that's definitely not going to go anywhere and then the functional pieces there as well because each piece is designed to be worked out and to be lived in right so I don't take my necklace off and for the longest time I was just wearing the typical 14 karat gold vermeil necklace that is the, the best seller that we have I showered in it I worked out in it and it held up a part of that was me testing because I really want to sell products I believe in but also just because again you know I wanted something that was functional and that was a part of why the brand was born I think that that's why those three words stuck out as I try and think about who we are now and who we want to become and then in terms of my brand I think definitely evolved but I don't necessarily have clear words I would say out of wellness travel and fitness that encompass by KOS but I think they kind of work together in a way and I think you know they'll both continue to evolve as times evolve um, and as I evolve too. Your wellness fitness and travel I want to know how did you know what areas you wanted to branch into and how did you get started within those spaces? Yeah, I think for me, really with travel that I began, so travel is something that I've done since, you know, I can remember as a kid, definitely not in the same way, not necessarily as often, but like having new experiences was really important. And I give my stepmom and my dad so much credit for making sure that, you know, we were exposed to different things in unique ways when we were younger, whether it be trying a new food or just keeping our minds open to different possibilities. I think as I got older, 
and as I was in college, I started to do more impact work. So I did a lot of social entrepreneurship projects. Um, I worked with a lot of nonprofits and non-government organizations, working on digital marketing and things like that. And so I really got my feet wet with what travel and impact looked like together. And it was something that I loved. I looked forward to my trips. You know, I traveled solo a lot. And I think there was so much growth for me in those experiences that when I graduated, I assumed like, okay, I'm going to work. And now that's kind of it. But I ended up continuing to travel just in different ways. So my first job out of college was really busy and I worked a lot of hours per week, sometimes six, seven days a week. And so my trips, whether they be two or three days, you know, even if I wasn't going somewhere far, it was something I really looked forward to. And that was like my time for self-care and recharging because even when I would go home from work at night, I was still on my work phone. I was still tethered to what was going on. And so that became crucial. And then I think, you know, for me, I had always thought about my fitness um, and my wellness and, and what that meant. But in college, there were so many more distractions. So I think sophomore year, I made the decision, like, I'm going to think more about what goes into my body. I'm going to listen to some of the things that I've read or my stepmom has said over the years. And I'm going to really listen to how my body is reacting. But there's so much going on. I had no money. So I was very limited in, in how I could do that. So when I graduated, I was like, okay, I have a little more control, a little more stability. So I started going to the gym more frequently. And then I had always wanted to run a half marathon and never thought it was something I could do. And I had a friend, I think, or just a couple people that I knew that ended up running one in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, I wish I was ready for that. Like, what have I been doing this whole time? I said I want to do it and I'm still not ready. So I signed up for one and, and started running. And I think that was a huge part of it for me. And then discovering boutique fitness in New York was exciting. And I, I had some friends that were in fitness as well. So I think that kind of brought me more into it. And then I came to a crossroads a couple years ago because I loved travel and there were content creators in that space. And I loved, you know, fitness, but I wasn't an instructor and there were content creators in that space again. So I'm like, how can I decide? Um, and I think I was paralyzed for maybe almost a year in terms of like what the decision would be. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who works in branding who was like, why don't you just do both? And I was like, I've never thought about that. So at that point, I started thinking more about what both would look like. For me, wellness was kind of where that came to be. And then, you know, as I thought more about it, it's like I, I'm able to bring my unique voice to both spaces to continue to draw the parallel between the two of them. So I think that's kind of how I got started in terms of Instagram specifically. I did a lot of consulting around digital marketing. So I used to take on clients and kind of do social strategy for them. And I was in between clients while I was focusing on my crazy full-time job at the time. And so kind of just started testing and learning on my account. I think the principles of showing up, being consistent, you know, reading through hashtags and things like that. There's nothing new, but platforms were so much simpler back then as well, that it was a lot easier, I think, in some ways to kind of know the basics and grow from there. That idea of state of like paralysis, I feel is super common with people. And I don't think we talk enough about it. And, you know, as yours lasted for a year, I can only imagine like what you were actually doing in that year's time and what you were doing with that year. But what advice do you have for anybody who's in that state of paralysis of not knowing what to do? I feel like me and Kara can relate to this as we are juniors in college right now. And we're almost in that senior year where we, you know, we're, we're about to leave. We can't fall back on education. I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. So what advice do you have with any? Anybody who's kind of in that point in their life yeah I think in terms of college specifically no one told me that career isn't linear and at the end of the day you're in control I think you go and get a degree and like maybe you got it in something that's specialized but that doesn't mean you can't do something different that doesn't mean you don't learn skills along the way that aren't applicable to different things and so I think that would be like my biggest advice is just be open to possibilities and don't shut yourself out of anything before you've even gotten started it's different when you graduate from college but being a 
an adult, as challenging as it is and as exhausting as it is, like does have its perks. And it definitely is fun, I think, too. Work-life balance is really big, I've learned. And so, you know, if, if you're in a place where you feel like you're really not getting that, don't miss out, you know, on your life just for work. I promise there's more. I think in terms of paralysis and trying to figure out what to do, my strategy in college was to do everything. I think you're still able to ask people questions. People are so open to talking to students. It's just different. And so I would say raise your hand, ask questions. If someone's doing something you find interesting, like ask them to, you know, shadow more or, or understand more or whatever it may be. Because people love to talk about what they do in themselves and, you know, to, to feel like they're kind of helping people forge their own path forward. So I would say that's that's some of it from like a college perspective. I think in general, when I face paralysis, I really think about not just the short term, but the long term too. What are the ramifications of me deciding on A versus B? You know, like what do I have to lose if, if I try something different and it doesn't work? I think a lot of times paralysis can lead to being stagnant and that's something like I don't really love and, and I don't do well with. So I think at the point when I start to be like, okay, I'm not doing anything. That's when I'm like, okay, I gotta make some sort of decision, but I think there's no wrong way to go. Um, even if something doesn't work out as you planned, you still learned. Um, so I would say, you know, continuing to push forward and really connect with what it is that you're paralyzed about specifically versus just feeling like, okay, I don't know where to go in all areas is, is what I would say. I'm sorry, this is a more in-depth question, but how are you able to kind of like differentiate between, okay, I'm just stuck, I'm not moving, I'm stagnant, for, or like I'm confused, I don't know which way to go, there's so many things, but... How are you able to like differentiate between the two and kind of like just keep going with what you currently have on your plate? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Every person is different and, and our experiences are all different. So it will depend. But I do think, you know, if you're at a point where you're surveying a bunch of options and you've thought through them and you've kind of like done your research and you're just kind of sitting with all of them, that's where I feel like it's like, okay, you have to make some sort of decision and move forward in some way because you're losing time continuing to revisit them when you know what they all are. I think when you've decided, let's say you have options A, B, and C, and you're like, okay, I've looked at all three options. You've sat on it for a while and then finally you choose option A, I think there can be a time if you're going down option A path where you are in that and you're not sure, is this what I should be doing? Like, and you kind of get paralyzed within that. And I think that's where then it's like, okay, I can pivot. And I think that's a little harder if you're like, okay, I'm in this option and I don't know how to get back to the table where I saw all the rest of the things I could do. But I think, yeah, they're different, right? So sitting with a variety of options and understanding them makes sense. I think sitting with them too long is where the stagnation comes. And I think once you've decided, it's like, you know, not being afraid to pivot if something's not working for you or if it just doesn't make sense for what your goals are. Because I think we are changing as we as we grow. Things change too. That's a good point. You talk a lot about impact work. And I think just that idea of impact work is just, a, I would say, beautiful concept. The idea that, you know, you're making a living, but you're also going that extra mile to find a way to change someone's life. So how do we able to get there? How are you able to honestly be selfless and obviously sacrifice some parts, some rewards in order to give back to the community? And how can people also apply that to their own lives as well with whatever they're doing? Yeah, I think personally, I define success by impact. So for me, impact is something that I'm always focused on. And it doesn't always have to be large scale. It can definitely be smaller scale. You can make an impact on just one other person. So I think that's a part of it in terms of how I balance and manage. I think I don't necessarily think of it as anything different from like what I should be doing. It's just a part of my personal charter and the mark I want to leave on the world. So it's something that I prioritize. It's important also to remember that impact looks different. So, you know, there's 
financial impact, there's, you know, the impact of giving your time, there's the impact of just using your voice and who you are. And so flexing to whatever makes the most sense out of, you know, those categories, I think is a part of it. I used to do a lot of work where I was within the nonprofit, within the NGO, and I was, you know, a part of the team that was on that direct side. And I realized for me, it's better that I work um, in a different area and then have more freedom to give my time or to find some way to financially contribute because working in, in that space can be tough, I think, from a, a very literal nonprofit sense. So those were some of the things that I considered, but I think there's so many ways that you can make an impact just within your community in different senses that it doesn't always have to be some grand, large, challenging um, thing to do. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing a lot of your advice and tips with us and our listeners. I learned so much from this conversation, especially me as a junior. I'm very scared, like Ozzy said. So I'm going to take a lot of the advice that you gave us, but I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the UNI podcast and sharing your time and wisdom with us and our listeners. Of course. Thanks for having me. I promise it'll all work out fine. And if you can survive and exit college in this current time, then you'll be like way more than fine. I think people don't give themselves enough credit for enduring and pivoting during this current experience. It's definitely valuable, whether in class sense or in whatever else you're doing. So I'm happy that I was able to, to be here and chat with you ladies as well. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the UNI podcast. For more information and links to everything discussed in this episode, check our show notes below. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and share it with the people you love. We hope you have a transformative day. Sending love and gratitude.